Here we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Friday, May the 12th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. Fridays is a time to read emails from our listeners. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and the first email we're going to be uh, reading was sent to me, and it's my new email address, tombaker at brick.net. A lot easier to remember, tombaker at brick, B-R-I-C-K dot net. Pastor Baker, this is from Kirk. Is it not true that death came into the world by sin? The killing of animals for food was not in the original creation, but it came because of sin, as it is said, the fallen world. I am Catholic, but I hear this discussion more by Lutherans than Catholic, though both may adhere to that teaching. Thank you for your time, Kirk. Kirk makes a very, very important point that killing of animals did not occur till after sin came into the world through Adam and Eve. In fact, what was the first animal to be killed? Adam and Eve were trying to wear plants to cover themselves when they realized they were naked, and that just wasn't working. So God killed an animal and clothed them in the skin of that animal. Very, very close to the idea of forgiveness. Now, he says, I'm Catholic, but I hear this discussion more by Lutherans. Well, the reason, Kirk, you're hearing this not so much by Roman Catholics is because the Pope has come out saying that he believes in evolution. And therefore, he doesn't believe that animals died only because of sin brought into the world by human beings. There were millions and millions of deaths prior to even the appearance of Adam and Eve. Maybe God, they say, chose two monkeys called one Adam and one Eve. That's what one of the professors I had at the seminary taught us. But you are correct, Kirk, that Christians do believe that the killing of animals for food was not in the original creation. In fact, it's not going to be in heaven either because the Bible predicts that in heaven, even the lions will be eating straw. They will return to being vegetarians rather than eating other animals. That's what we look forward to in heaven. So, good point, but be careful why you're not hearing it from Roman Catholics because the head of your church, the Pope, believes in evolution. All right, the next email, uh, this is one that I get quite often. It is 
from Fred in Pomona, California. Hello, Pastor Tom. I think you are my new favorite preacher. You are a man of the word like Luther. I love listening to your show. Please send me a book list. And he's actually asking for that. So what I wrote back to him is I need his home address. Why? Because I am publishing a new newsletter for law and gospel, and it will have information about the three or four dozen books that are in my publishing company. Not all of them I've written. Some of the best are done by Pastor Peter Kurowski, but those books will be available and we'll tell you how to get a hold of them. So if you're interested, just send me an email to Tom Baker at brick.net asking to be put on the newsletter. There is no cost to be putting on the newsletter. And you will learn much about law and gospel. In fact, the next newsletter I'm preparing right now, I even have a sermon and I'm giving information as to how to follow my sermon. So there's no doubt I appreciate letters that indicate that I sound like a pretty good preacher. But I want you to remember something, is that the power of the message that we deliver on KFUO is not the messenger. The power is in the message itself. Remember the Apostle Paul, Romans 1.16. He describes the gospel as the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So if you think I'm a good preacher, that's only because you have had your faith deepened by the message that I have. Did I invent this message? Did I create it? No, Christianity is what we refer to as a revealed religion. The tenets of Christianity have to be revealed by God because they make no sense. There's no other religion, and all the rest of the religions in the world outside of Christianity are natural religions. People invent a God. They may even create a piece of wood or some metal, like they did with the golden calf, and they bow down and worship it. But these are idols that don't hear anything. If anything, they are really those following Satan. And Satan loves for you to worship a non-existent idol rather than the true God.
So appreciate that you're hearing something that gives you the impression that you're hearing wonderful comfort. But it's not me doing it. It's really God's word and his message. For this coming sixth Sunday of Easter, one of the readings is from John 14. Beginning with verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And of course, that is the holy sacrament of baptism, where Peter in his Pentecost sermon makes it very clear that the two gifts you receive in baptism, number one, the gift of the forgiveness of sins, and number two, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that includes faith, trusting the promises of God, because it is the promises of God that comfort us. And we are given those promises of God, and we believe in them through the power of the Holy Spirit. There, there's a lot of myths when it comes to Christianity. And I would say that one of the myths is that you get saved by the messenger. No, you get saved by the message. And if we here on KFUO are helping you with comfort in the midst of a world of trouble, that's because of the message that you are hearing. You rarely, if ever, hear a program on KFUO that isn't talking about Jesus Christ because Jesus is the reason for every season. So there's another myth that people have, and that is that before you can witness to someone, you need to build a relationship first. That is called evangelism myth number one by Greg Steer, S-T-I-E-R. And he is a theologian and founder and president of Dare to Share Ministries International. He has impacted the lives of tens of thousands of Christian teenagers, mobilizing them to reach more generations for Christ. And what does he say in this article? I hear it again and again, he writes. So many Christians think they cannot share the gospel until they build a strong friendship with someone over time and earned the right to be heard. They subconsciously 
have bought into Satan's lie, that the power to save is in the strength of their relationship with the person they're seeking to reach. And that's where he says, the power is not in the messenger. The power is in the message. This is why if you're moving to a new city and you haven't bought a house or an apartment to live in, before you do so, visit the Lutheran churches in that city and listen to the sermons and particularly the Bible studies that often are given between worship services and hear whether or not the message is in agreement with God's holy word. Because if you hear a message that is not, that is not a church you want to attend. But if the message is according to God's word and you are comforted by it, then buy a house near the church so that you can attend the worship services, the Bible classes, and the many other events that take place. For example, at the four congregations I'm serving right now in central Illinois, uh, they will often have events. They'll have ice cream socials. Uh, Recently, they had parking lot sale. Now, when they first mentioned that and announced it, I said, well, who would want to come to buy a parking lot? But what they meant was that things were going to be on the parking lots for sale and people could bid on them, auction them off. Now, why is that important? Because this would bring a lot of non-members to the congregation property. Maybe they want ice cream. Uh, Maybe they want to look at what is being auctioned off. But it gives the opportunity for members of the congregation to introduce themselves and to begin to talk about the most important thing in a person's life. And that is, they have an opportunity to share the gospel naturally. Of course, doesn't mean that we should be pushy, but we should be intentional with every relationship and most conversations. We kind of should be looking for the natural fork in the road in every conversation to turn it towards spiritual things. This can come about by simply asking the question. Uh, You may be talking to a neighbor and he's talking about going through some problems and you say to him, is there anything I I can be praying for you about? This will open up a conversation. Or you may even say, do you happen to go to church anywhere? Well, Craig Steer says he's used questions like these to open countless gospel conversations with friends and strangers alike. 
we had a president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, who often went around the country and he used a plane. His goal was that each time he got on a plane, he prayed to God that he would be sitting beside someone with whom he could have a conversation about Jesus Christ. Now, he could have talked about, well, did you know I'm the president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, and brag about that, but he didn't. Instead, he bragged about the works of Jesus Christ. And he'll tell a number of times when people would stay in touch with him, wanting to know more about Jesus Christ. So it's been the experience of Greg Steer that most people are open to talking about God and their spiritual beliefs when approached with genuine kindness, authenticity, and humility. Now, of course, not everyone puts their faith in Jesus on the spot. That, that's been my experience uh, here on KFUO. Somebody will phone and ask me a question, and they will tend to disagree with my answer. And they may even hang up the phone because they don't want to talk it anymore because they disagree with me. But I can't tell you how many times these same people would show up in my adult instruction class and begin to learn about proper theology from a Lutheran point of view and not only come to know Jesus Christ in a wonderful and comforting way, but also begin to talk with their friends about who they met. And whom they met was not me as a pastor, but Jesus as their savior. That's the goal in preaching or in teaching. I remember, this is Craig Steer talking. He was listening to a lecture where the man was talking at a youth leader event, explaining to them how evangelism doesn't work in the current culture. But the more he talked, the greater the crowd gathered as he went on, telling me that people aren't open to hearing about Jesus unless a long-term relationship had first been built up and firmly established over time. Now, see, that's a principle of how to do evangelism. Namely, first of all, build a relationship. No, no stranger is going to talk to you until that happens. But then what he shows is the Bible. Did Jesus always build a relationship with a person before he spoke to them about the gospel? Well, no. He had very little relationship with unbelieving scribes and Pharisees. He went so far to say to them, no, 
your father is the devil. He is the father of lies, and you are following his lies. There is another time that's pointed out. Remember when Jesus met with the Samaritan woman at the well? Within a minute of meeting her, he had begun a conversation into a spiritual one. She was just surprised he was asking for water because he was a Jew and she was a Gentile. She was a Samaritan. And she was wondering, why are you talking to me? Because Jews and Samaritans don't have conversations. Well, immediately Jesus went to the spirituality of what he was talking about, saying, I have water with which you will never be thirsty again. Well, that got her attention. And so they began to talk back and forth. And before long, she was so excited about what she heard that she ran back to her fellow Samaritans in town to tell them, I think I have met the Messiah. They went out to hear Jesus, and they also were transfixed by his message and came to faith in Jesus Christ. That occurred a number of times in the early church. Remember, the apostles would go to the synagogues around the world and share the message of Jesus Christ. And in the book of Acts, it indicates that a large number of priests, namely those heading up the various synagogues, came to faith in Jesus Christ. They didn't see Jesus, but they met him through the message of Paul and Timothy. Just as many met him through the message of the Old Testament prophets. So it's not necessary to build a relationship. You may sit in a plane or on a bus for a long trip, and you don't know the person sitting beside you. But if you are able to move the conversation into a spiritual one, now, some people will just refuse to talk to you, but too many will not. I say too many because the devil does not like it. The writer of this email has evangelized friends, family, neighbors, and strangers, he says, for 45 years. Some I had a relationship with others, Others I did not. I, I met them on a plane, in a gym, in a restaurant, and engaged them in conversation. Jesus told us that the primary reason, according to Matthew 28, 19, is to go and make disciples of all nations. We, therefore, 
take the initiative? Are you praying for an opportunity to share the gospel every single day? Are you seeking to turn your everyday conversations toward Jesus? It's a good idea to try and start because what you will be doing is bringing joy to many people who believe they are Christians. Uh, Another email I received from Oscar Amachini, who is a missionary. How many Christians are really disciples of Christ? He indicates that by the year 2050, we will have 3.3 billion Christians. And those are ones who are alive. Look at all the billions that have been Christian and have died, reminding us of what God told Abraham, that the number of believers because of Isaac will be like the, sea, like the sands on the seashore or like the stars in the heaven. I, I don't think that scientists have figured out that there are more than 3.3 billion stars. And so therefore, what we're moving people to move from is the idea that they think they're Christian simply because they attend church occasionally, they may pray to God. But the major duty of the church is to help connect believers to Christ's teachings This is called sanctification. Once a believer becomes saved by justification, that God declares him righteous in his sight because of faith in Jesus Christ and his promises, then comes the life of sanctification. And that's where we work on sharing the message of God's will for people and changing our common conversations into spiritual ones. We thank you for those emails. If you're at all interested in sending me an email, the address is tombaker at brick.net. We thank so very much. We'll be back on Monday with another study of law and gospel, taking a look at the reading for the following Sunday. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.